for me, it meant to be much more patient, not just to invest in look, reading the CVs and what they say, but uh, really take the time in, into this funnel of recruiting to reach out to those that are really relevant. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Is your Amazon private label business set to survive the downturn? Most sellers don't know. Surviving a downturn means squeezing out more profits and slashing waste. But many sellers don't know exactly where their business is making or losing money. If that's you, we can help. Our new quick assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a quick but powerful diagnosis of your biggest issue, just go to AmazonProfitQuiz.com. That's Amazon Profit quiz.com to get your free instant analysis. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 401. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon private label sellers, a subset of the amazing FBA family podcast. Today, we are talking with Gilad Freeman from VAA Philippines. So he is the founder of Virtual Assistant Academy VAA Philippines that recruit and train VAs from the Philippines to work specifically with Amazon sellers. So a very useful man to know if you've got tasks you want to get off your plate and who doesn't. So Gilad, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming. Thank on. you very much. Thank you for having me. We're talking virtual assistants. I guess the first thing to say is it's not virtual, is it? In the world of AI developing so quickly now, these are real people, right? And yeah, so you're based in Israel and your guys are based in the Philippines is the first thing to right. say. Is that right? Yeah. So it just exactly. goes to show that in it's 2022 folks, location, co-location as they call it. In other words, living, working in the same office or even the same country is not necessary to create a great business. So that's the first thing we've got to talk about. So let's talk about today, Gilad, the mistakes people make with their VAs in general. Let's keep it broader. And then we'll specifically talk about PPC in the next episode, because that's another pain point. So the first question is, give us a very quick intro to yourself, because obviously we know you work with VAs. Tell us a bit more about yourself and how you came to found VAA. Okay, so I'll start by saying that I'm an Amazon seller. That's how it all began. I started selling on Amazon in 2015 and the, and the business grew very fast. And like I said, it was completely globalized network. You recruit people from the Philippines, you manufacture in China, you sell to the US and so on. It was very obvious to me that when the business grew, when I needed to hire VAs to go to the Philippines, and this is where I recruited my first VA, and it went terribly wrong, actually. It's a bit strange when people ask me about it, but the first VAs that I hired, not the first one and the second one, and there were completely a series of mistakes from the, from my perspective. I found the first VA, what I thought would be the right way to finding the right VAs and then how to make them stay with the, with the company. And the result was that one after the other, the VAs, they left, they disappeared, they gave excuses and, and it was a complete disaster. But it taught me a lot about how to find VAs, what is the actual right way to find ways which mistakes I did and which mistakes so many other sellers are doing that you could be avoided if you want to hire the right people and make them stay with you for years. And now that's 
Oh, we do. We recruit VAs from the Philippines. We train them, like you said, specifically on Amazon so uh, they could help our Amazon sellers and we continue to support them all the time. Amazing. So yeah, it's, I guess it's like the classic thing that we need something ourselves. We do it a bad way and then we help other people to avoid the same mistake. Exactly. Um, classic, classic reason to found a business really. So let's plunge into these mistakes. then. so that's the uh -huh. function. That's the focus rather of today's episode. What are these mistakes you made and what are the opposite things we need to do? Let's lay out our stool. That's the first thing you did. Obviously you, you managed to get people that quit quite quickly, uh, but you mentioned about the way you recruited. So what's the first sort of mistake people make in beginning of the recruitment? Process? I think the first mistake that you do is that uh, you think that what people say about themselves is the most important thing. So you're, instead of actually looking for their capabilities and who they are as persons and their character. You're much more interested to see about how they present themselves to you. So you're going to put a lot of weight into the resumes, the experience that they claim to have and what they say about who they work for. Somebody's telling you they worked for five years on Amazon FBA. So it's much better, obviously, than somebody who only worked for two years on Amazon. And you go that, that direction. And this is where you start to make mistakes because you're forgetting, you're not really evaluating the people based on, on how good they could become. Uh, but you're hiring them based on that. And that brought me to uh, make a lot of mistakes. I posted an ad, I remember on, it was online jobs in the beginning when I, when I looked for my first VA and, uh, and uh, I posted an ad in Amazon expert and I got not just one or two, I got, I think 300 people applying. And strangely enough, all 300 people managed that they have a vast level of experience. So they're all experts and they all had many years of doing this and they all, they have a lot of experience in bringing people companies to the next level and scale up and so on. And then I, the mistake I did is that I continued to listen to that. I, I said, okay, they're all experts. So let's see from the resumes, who's the, the best expert. And, and that's a mistake. That's a mistake I, I want to talk about because the way that we do now, the way that we recruit people now is completely the opposite. We're actually much less interested in what the VAs say about their experience. Uh, we are much more interested to know how good they could become under the right training. We want to test things like their motivation level, their commitment, the way that they analyze new data. And if they can learn fast enough new things that we're going to train them and teach them and apply them without mistakes. If they show up on time, their English level, If they're, we want to see that they will not disappear in a month from now. That's what happened to me. I found the best VA, the, be the one from the list that had the best experience. I spent about a month training her on everything that I thought would be relevant on top of what she already knew. And then she just disappeared after a month. She stopped replying to my messages. The second VA that I had, she started to give excuses every five minutes because of it. It's don't look at the experience. Look at the quality of the person and then you'll get much better results. I think for me, it meant to be much more patient, not just to invest in looking, reading the CVs and what they say, but really take the time in, into this funnel of recruiting to reach out to those that are really relevant. If you want, I can share some examples of what we actually do in our funnels, or if you want to take it to a different level, a different topic, tell me. Yeah, that sounds good. And the obvious question, which may tie in with what you just said is how do you find uh, motivated people and people with commitment and speed of learning. Those are the characteristics of the person. In other words, that you'll often, yeah. not what they say, by the way, really great hint, amazing mm -hmm. hint. Don't worry about the resume slash CV. Okay. So how do we identify those people that that's really the key question that comes. Yeah. From. All right. I would say, I would add to what you said before. It's not only about what, the, what they say about their experience. It's also how they sound on the first interview, because people could sound very secure of themselves 
fluent English, they speak, oh, they did this and that. And it sounds to you like, wow, this person is amazing. And the other person would be not really talkative. You have to ask them the right questions. They try to, to look information from them. But in the end, it really depends what you need. If you need a data entry person, for example, or somebody to go over reports, you don't need that person to be super confident in herself. And that's not what you're looking for. So you have to think what you're looking for. What are your criteria that you want to hire and find the right person for that? Now, to your question, how, how you find the right VAs. So first of all, like I said, patience, which means times. We, it takes us two months to find the right VAs. It, the process, the, the funnel that we that they have to go through takes almost two months. And now if we have a community of more than 350 VAs, so if we, and we continue to recruit and train VAs all the time. So if I can find a better way to hire VAs in a week, in two weeks from now, I would. Okay. It, it means that it brought us to the information that you need this time to start recruiting people and filtering them along the way. So you could see that they're motivated, that they want to take the extra mile and dedication to be a part of your company. They're interested in what you have to do. You have to test them how they can analyze data and so on. And it takes time. And that's a way for you to test their motivation, their commitment, if they show up on time and things like that. One of the things that we do from the very beginning is that even in the first ad that we post, if you're just going to post an ad and have a million people answering it and that's it, then you would just get bunch of people copy pasting this information. They do it exactly the same to all the thousands of other people just hoping to be accepted somewhere. So you want to already see those that are one step ahead and they actually read what you have to say. And the only way for you to see what they actually read the, your ad is to add inside some hints, some, for example, like in the middle of this article, put a question like, Please go on Amazon and look for this ASIN and tell me what is the worst review that is on the top reviews over there. So you already have somebody that not only actually read your article, but they were already one step ahead to say, okay, I'm going to put this everything. It's interesting enough for me to go into the A, to look for the ASIN, to go look on the top reviews, to look at the negative review over there and to answer what it, the right answer to you. And even send them to a different email address of recruiting ads. VA Philippines for us, for example, instead of just replying to the ad. All right. So you already see that they know how to follow instructions. Already this, just by doing this, you're already filtering like 50% of the people. So instead of now reading 300 resumes, you're going to be reading or going over their information. You're going to be going over 150. It's already a major first step. Now, there are a lot of other steps on the way, but patience is the main key here. Okay. <laughs> it's a bit like the sort of sad advice I have to give people who want to start a private label business. I mean, like, yeah, you need to give yourself longer than people have been telling you do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, as you say, if you could find a quicker way to do this is what you do all day at your business, then I guess yeah. you would have done it by now. So what's the next step then? I guess I'm intrigued to see what takes two months, but the first thing is filter out by asking for, I suppose you're asking for specific um, actions. So that's like a little tactic. What's the, yeah. next, what's the next step in your process? So the next step, for example, would be to give them an actual task, which is going to take them more time and effort to understand. For If we stick on the example of Amazon listing, but you can go everywhere. It doesn't matter if it's an Amazon VA or any other topic. But if you're already talking about, if we're already talking about the Amazon listings, then give them a certain listing and tell them to go over all the negative reviews from that listing and see what people are complaining about and then going from there and give you like a recommendation, what would they do in order to improve the product? Okay. So if they were the owner of the product, go over the negative reviews over there of what people are complaining about and think of, okay, how would they do something else? And then see already how, you know, that they have to read the listing. They have to read what the, what people are complaining about. 
they have to understand what is the complaint that is repeating itself the most and then figure out a way to prevent that by being original. And it's already giving you a very good idea of how uh, dedicated they are if they put the time into not only reading this, but really take the next step into thinking. There's no one answer here. They have to put it in writing. They maybe create a video about it. They maybe create a sketch and show you what they want to do. So it's already one step ahead to continue to filter the right people, but in the right direction. Okay, nothing to do with their experience, nothing to do with what they say about their knowledge before. It's really like how they think, how they react, and if they're committed enough. And you create this next steps as well, every time, little by little, filtering them. After that, obviously, before even an interview, people jump into an interview because they think they have the skills to tell from 20 minutes of interview about a person how good they could become as virtual assistants. But you're not used to hiring virtual assistants on a regular basis. You don't really know the culture of the Filipinos. You don't know exactly what is the culture or what is the attitude that you want a good VA to be, to have. It's different. You're used to working with people from the Western world. You're used to working with entrepreneurs. So you know pretty good how to filter the right partner, for example, for your business, because they think like you. But you need some, something else here. So before even going into an interview, you should see that they have what it takes. They have, for example, a good internet connection. You have to check that before even going into an interview. You have to check their internet speed. You have to check their computer level. You have to check if they have a very quiet place to work from home and maybe even create like a video about their surroundings and where they're going to work from. You have to check that they know how to present themselves in English. So let's create for you like a short video explaining about themselves. Now, for us, it's easy than for most sellers because VAs, they wait in line in order to be accepted to VAA Philippines because they know that we support them and, and train them and so on. So they're willing to go through this process of two months just to be accepted to our community. But you should think of your business the same way. You should think of, okay, I want to see how committed they are. I want to give them these difficulties to see who lasts. And there, so there are all these steps along the way, even before the interview. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think a really... It- lots of important things out of there so just for my reflections giving them actual tasks i'm just writing down all the things that you've got from that yeah you're testing their dedication which seems to be a number one thing that's coming across from today reading creativity understanding which is really important but reading something is one yeah. thing actually understanding something <laughs> even native english speakers or people who use english all day don't necessarily yeah. understand what you're giving them <laughs> So that's really important. And if they have to come out with a response, that kind of text, whether they've actually understood what they've read. And then you're checking just the really basic things. And I think another thing that you just said is super important is you are assuming you have the power to understand by a 20 minute interview about something in a very different culture. So tell me a little bit more about the sort of cultural mistakes of the Philippines. So I've been working with Philippines for about three years now and I'm beginning to get a handle on the fact that they often speak very good English, more American type English. Uh-huh. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have a, an American type culture. So tell me about the culture yeah. errors or differences there. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 401. So the the very much customer service oriented, they're very loyal and committed. And if you, obviously not all of them, you have to filter them, but in general, and there are more quiet people. They're not pushy at all and they don't like to be pushed. So we are used to be pushing our eyes. 
we're used to push them more to the to their limits. We are okay to tell them that they did a bad mistake. So not yelling at our employees, obviously, but it's in the Western culture, it's very common to say to people, what you do, you did a mistake, change that, don't do it again, and so on. And this could be catastrophic to a Filipino VA who they come from a very respectful tradition. You don't put them in the face of their mistakes. You, there is a way to tell them how they should improve. There is a way to to work with them and communicate with them in order for them to improve. And also there is a way to to give them the confidence to say what they want to say. In the beginning, they will be very sure. They will need to feel this confidence from you that it's okay for them to say any suggestions, any things that they think should be improved. You need to show them that it's okay to make mistakes. You need to show them that it's okay to suggest something. And, and it takes time to understand how to work with VAs that way. This is at VA Philippines. When we connect a seller to the VA, we never do it just like that. We want to make sure that they know how to work at VAs before that. So we always connect them. Before connecting them with the VA, we connect them with a manager, a Filipino manager from our side to prepare them for the arrival of the VA, to tell them like what to expect, how to build a schedule of the VA, which mistakes to avoid. And that is always there for them for this type of question. Like you get that the manager could get that and answer like this VA is that they never reported to me about this problem. I didn't know about it. And, and now it's already a mistake. And if it will continue to happen that I don't need to work with this VA. Now it takes a small conversation between the manager and the VA to make, to see that they're on the same page and advance from there on. But the seller, he was never aware of the fact that points should be even discussed. For him, it was obvious. And for the VA, it was not. And this is why we always have this intermediate, the manager to work with the VA in the beginning to make sure that they're on the same page, that they know how to work with the VA. And this, the amount of, of mistakes that are prevented that way is huge. This is why the sellers and the VAs that are working with us, they stay with us for years because we help them to overcome these problems. Okay. Wow. So there's lots to take on board. I guess the Filipino culture, I'm still figuring out. I was just thinking guiltily that um, I'm even by British or American standards, I'm pretty blunt. So I guess like I'm not German, but I've spent quite a lot of time in Germany. I was partly attracted to that culture because you know where you stand. And so they're like super direct. Yeah. I tend to fall into that trap, which the British people traditionally also, in you go back two or three generations, they're more like Filipinos. They smile to your face. They don't tell you there's a problem. And then mm -hmm. if the British traditionally, like a British person stops smiling, then there's a problem. <laughs> I mean, it's the same in the Philippines, but I'm much more blunt. I've realized that I've made quite a few mistakes in that way. And it doesn't really tend to produce a behavior train. I'm with yeah. you on that, on the bad side of that equation. I'm gradually learning. It's quite subtle, isn't it? There's, I think one of the things that people can get fooled by is the fact that because some Filipinos speak reasonably good English and some people speak excellent English, that, that that means they understand what you're saying and you understand what they're saying. And yeah. it's a cultural thing. And I guess we're now talking about the management process. If we can back up a little bit, we've talked about filtering things through a recruitment ad that we filter out by asking them to take specific actions. We've given them an actual task. Um, at some point, presumably, what happens next after the task? At some point, you presumably would want to get an inter interview. What's the next sort of steps in the recruitment? Yeah, so there is this interview. You have to make sure that you know that they show up on an interview. It will be in their actual work environment, not from a coffee shop or from a co-working place, which then they will tell you that they're just here today, but then they will be actually working their home afterwards. So you have to see where they're actually working in order to see the environment that they're working in, ask them to create like a video, a live video to actually test their internet speed and that you can talk to them like we talk now without any problems. You don't hear a lot of noise in the background and ask them about the noise if they're in and then and test that this is really the atmosphere that you want. And then 
I think in the interview, it's important not just to hear from the VA, but also to, to talk and explain to the VA what you're expecting from her or him. Now, a lot of people are making this mistake. They're, they are afraid to tell the VA that they want that person to stay with them for years. They have, okay, you will start with this, but I want to... I want you to become part of this company for the long run. I want you to become a manager later on. I want to give you a raise in the salary later on. And I want you to, to really be a part of the even decision-making part of a certain department or something like that. And then people are afraid from that because they will say, okay, if I tell him now that he will get a raise, then maybe he will ask for a raise immediately or something. I don't, I cannot afford it now, or I don't want to pay more. And, and I think it's a mistake. I think the more transparent you are with the VA talking to them about your your activity, talking to them about your products, talking to them about what's your expectations for, and growth expectations. So they would really be, feel a part of your company and feel like you're growing this together and not just that you're using them as assistants and they're out there and not really a part of anything. And that's what happened to me in the beginning. My VAs, they they disappeared and they did all, they made all these excuses because they were not really feeling connected. They were not really feeling that this is, that they were part of this family, they were part of this business, and we're here together, and the idea is to grow together. And because I just gave them tasks, and the day after they responded, and they gave them remarks, it could be you know, by emails or by WhatsApp or Slack or Asana, it doesn't matter, but it's a part of not really being transparent with the VA, not really feeling that, and making sure that they feel connected to you. And this is something that you should think of. Be transparent, talk to them, about pricing, about where you want to see them in the future, your plans for them and so on. It's a major part also of the interview. So they hear from you, not just you hear from them. You want them to be interested in this position, not just a thing that they, they could choose something else in addition if something else come, comes by. And then obviously after that, it's the part that you ask them and, and test their English level and see how they can communicate and uh, and ask, make sure that they don't have any plans. Maybe they are now students and they're looking for a job just for the next couple of months and try to understand from them how what's their plans for the future and if they are really committed to what you're looking for them. Yeah, it's important to talk about hours of work, which hours they will be working, specific hours, not just giving them tasks and when they're done, especially not in the beginning. Afterwards, they can do whatever you want. But in the beginning, set exactly the expectation, the hours and the procedures talk to know how they should communicate with you and so on, because it's already an advanced step, this interview. I know with the people, most of the time they start with this. Like I said, here we go to uh, at a point that they're already advancing. And afterwards, you have to go over the list of all the people that you interviewed and continue to filter them. And then what we do is after this interview, with those that we see that they're capable and, and interested and we are interested in them. And obviously we talked about the pricing and everything. We have recruiting department that we also use to check uh, some information about them, like on Facebook, on, on social media, to contact their previous uh, employers and get the, what they think about the, these VAs and if they would recommend them. But I think it's something that every seller should do. I, like I said, it takes more time, but the idea is to invest this time in order to have somebody that will stay with you for years instead of just having somebody that will stay with you for two months and then disappear. And then you have to go all over again. And in two months from now, it's not enough to go to number two on the list and say, okay, now you're next, you're hired because that person is not going to be available. And yeah, you'd have to start from scratch. So a couple of reflections on this. I think one of the things you're saying is, I guess if you treat them like a commodity, they'll treat you like a commodity, which is to say mm. that good quality people, good Definitely. quality recruiters like you guys and desirable places to work for good quality employers are not common. And you generally have a sort of queue of people to wait for them. And the same is true the other way around, right? Good quality employees, whether in the Philippines or anyone else in the world, will always be more in demand. So you want to treat them 
with what's the word vision is the word that strikes me what do you see them yeah. going and then you can ask them where what they feel about you i suppose that's the first thing Hey folks, thank you so much for listening to this first part of the interview with Gilad Freeman from VAA Philippines. I think you'll agree that there's quite a few mistakes that it's quite easy to make with this hiring and management process. I have to admit with guilt that after three years of managing full-time VAs in the Philippines and quite a lot of before that part-time that I'm still making some of these mistakes. So if you find yourself in the same boat, don't beat yourself up, but the thing to do is learn rather than blame. So let's just quickly recap the mistakes. If you haven't started hiring it or managing, then these can be things you can look out for and try and put solutions in place. And if you're doing some remote management already, you can ask yourself these diagnostic questions to test how well you're doing. So the first mistake, thinking what people say about themselves in a CV or resume, depending what side of the pond you're in, is important. I've certainly fallen for that before. I think it is good to review CVs, but that's just a filtering process. And the solution is to make sure you actually test commitment and you test ability test rather than read is the answer it seems mistake number two is taking the fluence of the interview seriously i've certainly fallen into that i think the opposite is true as well somebody who judges somebody very highly on their ability to speak english fluently and flawlessly in any country actually and that hasn't necessarily got a relevance to remote work if it's not about written or spoken english so you gotta allow some patience as well as the other thing that that gilad said that struck me really hard it takes time to find good people. Mistake number three is assuming you know how to filter people through an interview. Again, testing how people work seems to be the key to that. Mistake number four, not understanding Filipino culture. I'm certainly guilty of that. I think making people lose face, being very direct, being even aggressive in, in American style management, maybe that's unfair to Americans to say that way, but you got to be careful how you approach that. That's still something I'm learning. Mistake number five is assuming that they're doing the interview in a coffee shop or in a noisy crowded house, family house or something, and that's going to change. So that in my experience is really true. If they do a lousy interview or they're late for it, or you can't understand the audio or the internet connection is lousy, guess what? You should assume that's going to be how it works in the future. And I've experienced that. So I can back that to the hill. Mistake number six, unfair expectations or unconnected tasks. I'm so guilty of that one. I'm gradually getting better. I can promise you that the more unconnected the tasks are you asked your VA to do, the more confused they seem to get. I can say that from experience. I can't even say why, but that's certainly true. You need to be clear about what you want. And I would say also you need to create a role rather than just a bunch of tasks in a kind of rough bundle. And the seventh mistake is filtering after the interview. For, for example, if you're going to get references, if you're going to check the social media or whatever else you're going to do, the time to do that is before the interview. And I have to say, I've not been very diligent at collecting employee references. So that's something I'm certainly going to be changing in the future for reasons of that it doesn't work so well sometimes. But these are all good things to look out for. Cut yourself some slack. If you've made the mistakes, I'm certainly going to uh, forgive myself for not being great at remote management because it's not something I really got into full time until three years ago and part time a few years ago now. And you may be the same, even if you're used to managing people in person. Remote management is a different art. Some of the skills will apply beautifully and some you'll have to learn. So like anyone else, you're on a learning curve, but if you're willing to learn, that's half the battle, right? I think that the rest of it is just learning from experience, applying it and improving as you go. So if you, however, want to avoid the pain of having to do this stuff yourself, there is a heck of a lot of work and skill involved in this. It may be that you're better off using someone like VAA Philippines to at least do some of the work of not only finding and hiring people, but helping you manage them and negotiate those cultural conflicts that can rise if you're 
in Europe or the UK or US and dealing with people mostly in the Philippines. So that is a very valuable service that they offer. So if you want to have a chat to Gilad, just go over to VA, Philippines spelled P-H-I-L-I-P-I-N-E-S, two P's, one L. Easy to get that kind of confused. VAPhilippines.com and go and have a chat to Gilad and his team because obviously he's extremely experienced, as you can tell. And there is a lot more to this than might meet the eye if you haven't done it before. So I think it's an excellent plan to get some input. And this is a chat. He's not going to force you to sign up. <laughs> he's a nice, easygoing chap, as you've gathered. So I think it's always worth at least a conversation with an expert, maybe several experts, before plunging ahead with any decision. So I would strongly advise you to, if you're hiring a remote team or managing a remote team or about to do that, in either case, hire or manage, go talk to Gilad at vaaphilippines.com. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the 10K Collective podcast. I hope we are helping you make your life easier and to make more money online and make your life generally better as well. If that's the case, don't forget to show us the love by subscribing. Reviews are lovely. Subscriptions are everything on podcasts. So if you can subscribe on a podcast or indeed YouTube, if that's where you saw us, all the better. Thanks so much for listening. Speak to you in the next show. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 401. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.